Hello. Hello. Oh, you got that before me. <laughs> you normally say hello first. I do, do you, yeah. Do you want to do it again? No, that's fine. I'll, right. I'll let you go I'll first this hello. time. It's been a while, Rob. It has been uh, too long. When was the last... <laughs> they all fucking start like this. Yeah, when, when, did we... <laughs> when was the last one? I think it was August 2019. August 2019. Let's have a look. I think you're probably right, mate. Wow. This is good listening. Good, good. Yeah, good. Content good, good solid back. podcasting. Well, um, what, what, um, you do a bit of talking while I'm doing well, this. Well, we're we introducing this as a special uh, yeah. special crossover episode. So it's not like a full brains. No, it's not a full brains. We're not a hanging brain. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was August, yeah. There we go. Um, now, this episode, it's I'm just basically trying to promote my new podcast. I'm cheating on you with myself, Tom. You wanker. Well, not just with yourself. You're getting a whole Oh, getting of, loads of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, What's the deal with this new one? It's uh, Death and Earth, and it's uh, okay. a podcast about horror movies. It's not like you. I know. I don't always <laughs> talk about horror movies at all. Um, but this, yeah, it's uh, my like, new silly idea. It seems to be going all right, and I... And you very kindly came to talk about Midsummer with me. I did, yeah, yeah. It felt just like doing a Men with Two Brains. Exactly, and that's films. why we're mm. putting it up as a little special episode a of a Men with Two Brains. Yeah. So, uh, what are you just going to put that straight in after this? Are you? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to like you're going to hear the spooky theme tune to Death after the rocking <laughs> theme tune. Is it rocking? Groovy? Funky? It's more sort of like. <laughs> It's like, yeah, very disco. Kind of <laughs> eight, eight bitish, yeah, yeah. I guess. Cool. Well, I hope you enjoy that. Yeah, and then we are, as soon as we finish recording this, we we're going to record a actual episode, an actual well, right. book. We'll put that out. <laughs> so have fun, Ashrith. See you later. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 5 of Death Nerve, a horror movie podcast. I've been getting some really good feedback about the podcast, it's really nice that people are actually listening to it, it's really good. If you're enjoying the podcast then please spread the word, uh, share it around to people you think might like it and do the usual subscribing and leave reviews and all that stuff, it really helps. In this episode I talk to Tom Barrett about the film Midsummer. Tom is a stand-up comedian I've known for quite a while now. We're both part of the comedy group The Unmistakable Scent of Leopard and we do a... Uh, a stupid comedy show called The Hyper Bowl along with uh, Liam Sullivan and James Sarek. We also do another podcast called The Member Two Brains where we talk about all the nerdy stuff we like. So if you like this episode, it's quite similar to The Member Two Brains, so you'd probably like that. So uh, yeah, hunt it out, you might like it. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks again for listening and uh, enjoy the podcast. Cheers. I was uh, saddened that I wasn't the first person to mention the postman on your podcast. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, uh, Aidan Goatley had some vaguely positive things about to say about it, so I'm fine, really. Vaguely positive. Vaguely you positive. like that film, by the way. I genuinely it? really like it, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of aware that it's not a good film. Yeah. But I still really enjoy it. There's some nuts bits in it that I'm sure I've mentioned on other podcasts before, <laughs> like where they have, um, like, rather than the kind of 
the way that men greet each other in the Predator film where they have like a mid-air arm wrestle, the way of like proving masculinity and the way of the postman is they have a, an act off. They like quote lines of Shakespeare to each other as the, yeah, the heroes. That definitely does sound like a dystopian nightmare. Oh, mate, it? it's so dystopian. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good film. Good book as well. Yeah, well, there we go. Um, yeah. Well, are, are you into horror, Tom? That's the... Ah, uh, kind of... Um, it's, a, it's sort of on the fringes like I do, I like a horror film. Yeah. But I wouldn't say I think horror is one of those things where uh, if you're a horror fan, you're a real horror fan. You know. So yeah. I, I'm not like there's a lot I haven't seen, um, right. and of the ones that I have seen, there's definitely a type of film that I like and a type of film that. What sort do you like? And what sort so I like to be genuinely frightened. If I'm going okay. to watch a horror film, I want to be scared. And that takes a lot, I think, for any film to scare anybody, you know, if once you're sort of like not a child anymore. Yeah. What, be... was, what ones have scared you? What films have um, really scared you? So, oh, mate, this is embarrassing. So, right. um, well, we'll start with some like quality ones. So, the Blair Witch Project scared the yeah. shit out of me when I saw that. Saw it in the cinema and there was a woman crying in the audience the whole way through it. So that... Because she was like so scared. <laughs> well, yeah, I kept kicking her. But um, <laughs> no, yeah, she was so frightened that she, yeah, she was crying almost the whole way throughout the film. So that wow. that had definitely added to the, the experience. Wow, I mean, you have to yeah. imagine it like, because there's a lot of crying in. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then in the quiet moments, there would just be this like Sobbing. genuine sob. Yeah. Jesus. So that, that, I remember really not being able to sleep after I'd watched that film. All right. Um, I saw it in the cinema when it first came out. So what would that have been about? 99, 99? I think. Yeah, yeah. that'd have been about 15. 15. So, yeah, I saw it in the cinema when it yeah, came out. Yeah, about 15. So quite old to be sort of up at night because of a scary movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, that genuinely weirded me out. The first paranormal activity film. That is scary. The have I told you this story before? No, I don't no, think the no. listeners would have heard this. But when I watched that, I watched that in uni, so I was sort of around with some housemates watching it with the lights off. Hmm. And there were about five of us watching this film and I was so frightened that I started crying. But I, ha- I had to like uh, cover up the fact that I was in tears because I was just absolutely terrified. Was it actually you crying when you saw Blair Witch Project as well? Was it? No, I don't think I wept at that one. But I, I, yeah, I definitely, definitely. But you were so me. scared at Paranormal Activity, you cried. I cried. Yeah, yeah. When because because the way that's framed is you have like the the day to day stuff and then it will go to the sort of one night vision so it was those locked off night vision shots when they came around towards like the after the middle of the film I would just be in tears have you watched it since I haven't part of me wants to but then they've made like loads of them haven't they so I think as a standalone thing it probably would have been quite nice but that's what they do with horror films though isn't it as soon as it makes money they just churn them out yeah but um, basically, if a horror film's going to frighten me, it needs to be sort of supernatural horror. So supernatural yeah. horror, the killers and slasher stuff doesn't scare you? It doesn't scare me, no. I, I, I quite enjoy it, um, yeah. but there's a lot of that oeuvre that I've not seen. All right. Um, so I only watched Friday the 13th, this last Halloween gone. I've still never seen Halloween. You've never seen Halloween? Never seen Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, um, my God. Yeah, so there's loads of those things that I've never watched, but the ones I have seen, I can enjoy them. They're fine, but... I, I watch them thinking I'm not frightened and I want to be frightened but um, yeah. it's ghost stories and, and in fact ghost stories, ghost stories. <laughs> yeah, scared, yeah. scared the shit out of me as well yeah, yeah. that's good what, what, part, what part of it particularly scared well, you it's like a portmanteau isn't it that's I think like, they all freak me out like watching the film in the cinema I was frightened by all of it mm. but the one that sticks me the, with me the most is the have you seen it yeah yeah the bit with the kid in the car 
because then oh, really? if yeah, I'm yeah. if I'm driving at night, uh, particularly driving home from here, like you go down a lot of country roads like that, and your mind plays those sort of games anyway. You yeah. know, so having that. I thought the the one with Paul Whitehouse at the beginning was the oh, scariest bit. I yeah, thought that was really scary. Yeah, yeah. It's all really good. Like I, I saw the stage play of that as well. Yeah. Um, but it was I saw the film first, which was probably a mistake. Yeah, I've not um, seen the stage play yet. Yeah. And the stage play, it was just. I think the problem was after I'd seen it in the cinema with people like Paul Whitehouse and Martin Freeman in it. Um, the actors at the stage play were just not very good. Yeah. So I wasn't. I was a bit distanced from it with that because I was just thinking. You're not Martin Freeman. You're not very good. But then, but what was massively impressive was the way it was staged. Yeah. So there were lots of things when I was watching the film that I just thought, well, they can't have done it like this in the play. But actually, the film is a very, very faithful adaptation of the stage play. No. So quite interesting. yeah, the the whole driving scene, I just assumed that that wasn't in the play. It's, yeah. It's in the play. Hmm. And lots of the stuff, uh, lots of the jump stairs, the scares are the same. Like the stuff in the nursery. Yeah. You know, with like the building blocks that like snap up into a tower. Yeah. And stuff starts flying off the thing. That was all done on stage, pretty much wow. as it was in the film. So that that was massively impressive. It sort of makes it more impressive on stage than it is in the film. If you watch that yeah. in a film, you think, well, that's just you can just do that for yeah. a film. Yeah. But um, yeah, on stage, you kind of yeah, you 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 know, because I'm into sort of that stuff anyway. I was yeah. looking for things, and it completely yeah. fooled me. Obviously, after it's happened, you can sit there and think, yeah. oh, there was a wire running up or something like that. Yeah. Have you yeah. seen the other like sort of? scary theatre no the woman was it the woman in black that yeah. was meant to be the, the big yeah, final yeah. one I never saw that no mm. but um, I don't know no, <laughs> I, I, I quite like a zombie film alright what zombie films do you like um, the George A. Romero ones George A. A. Romero George A. Romero Georgie George Romero <laughs> you, you, you said George R. R. did I did you I? said George R. Romero <laughs> George R. Romero yeah, yeah. yeah. So George, is it double A in the middle? Or no, just, it's just one A. Just a single A. A single I like A. I like his films. Um, What's your favourite of the George A. A. Romero? Probably Dawn. Yeah, that is probably. The best one, I, think, I, I really like Night of the Living Dead, but it's um, he's not quite there it's, with yeah, it. Yeah, you yet, can tell you know? it's like a low budget. Yeah, but I like it film, a lot. Yeah. Day of the Dead. Uh, that is a film I will never watch again. <laughs> Why? It's fucking horrible. Yeah. It's horrible horrible it, everything it's about grim, it, isn't it yeah the tone the way things, people look the, way, the fucking the bit that I think Shaun of the Dead is referencing when like the people's faces are getting torn apart yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just oh, no I <laughs> no. the bit where the guy gets like he gets his head torn off and as he's screaming his yeah. screams get more high pitched because his like vocal cords are stretching I couldn't oh. deal with that I couldn't <laughs> deal with that so what like the gory stuff can you not you're not into like, no, the gory I, like I don't mind, like, The Thing is another favourite of mine, yeah. and that's, you know, I'd say it's probably one of the goriest films I've seen, and I can deal with that, but it's, I think what Day of the Dead I didn't like about that was it was the realistic depiction of gore, you know, like, yeah. The Thing is, like, sci-fi and aliens and weird stuff, but yeah. Day of the Dead, it, it felt like they were trying to accurately portray someone's head <laughs> getting ripped off, yeah. and that, that's a bit yeah. stomach turning. I mean, like, the general tone of, like, Day of the Dead is just sort of fairly grim, yeah. right, isn't it? It's yeah. just like... Miserable, which, which you know it makes sense, doesn't it? If you're going to make a film about that, then it would, it's going to be miserable, isn't it? Fucking horrible, yeah. but yeah, I'd, I'd like a little bit of comic relief, <laughs> yeah, a little bit of levity in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're not going to like me saying this, but I'm not, I'm not that, 
I'm quite fond of the Day of the Dead remake, the Dawn of the Dead remake. All oh, right, not the Day. Of, have you seen the Day of the Dead remake? No, I don't want to see that. <laughs> but no, the modern you one. Your shoes off. I am sorry. Well, the zombie them. attack happens now. Yeah, when you I'll, have, I'll, I'll be all right. Whack them on. Quick as a flash. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not. I don't mind that new one too much. Yeah, it's all right. I'm not a fan. No. no, no. Well, remakes are generally a bad idea, aren't they? But yeah, but not all the time. As we were before we recorded, we were talking about the fly. Yeah, that's true. Fly. But I think that's the thing, isn't it? If you're going to do a good remake, you need the original material needs to be not all that. I think. Yeah. So if you're taking something like like a, a ridiculous B movie, The Fly, Little Shop of Horrors, and then you you take it seriously and you do it in a different way, yeah, fine. But don't take something like The Thing. <laughs> Think. Yeah. Although, oh man, the story behind the remake of that is heartbreaking. Well, apparently, really. they're doing another, they're doing another reboot of the thing. But I think because you must have looked into, we're treading into Aiden Goatley territory here, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah you right. must have looked into the story behind the remake. Not right? really. Oh, well, where they did lots of practical effects, yeah. and then they were told to, to do them with CGI. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It wasn't just that. It was like the the directors had like a real. Um, like genuine affection for the original mm. and the because it's set in the Norwegian base but they'd gone to the effort of really looking at the film and mapping out so the sets for that Norwegian base mm. are absolutely 100% correct for what's in the original film okay like even down to there's a broken window at one point and it's broken in exactly the same way that it's <laughs> yeah, in the original yeah, yeah. scene so they were t- they were taking it seriously and yeah the practical effects are just heartbreaking when you see what's in the final film now yeah it's just, they've just Daubed CGI over the top of this like wonderful. It's weird, stuff. isn't it? It's like it sort of almost misses the point entirely of yeah. what what makes the original. So we'll say the original, but the John totally. Carpenter one totally so good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was when I was listening back some to some of these when I'm doing editing, I've realised that every single one I bang on about John Carpenter for quite a long time in each one. Okay, so okay. I don't. I think I might. I don't know if I, we'll see if I start well I mean seeing you've meant, if you mentioned that anyway would you consider him to be the greatest horror director he's my favourite maybe not the greatest but he's best. my favourite yeah um, so not massively familiar but I've, The Thing yeah. yes They Live yeah uh, what else has he done Halloween okay yeah shall I go through see if I can do it in order <laughs> yeah go on. have you done so, this on the podcast <laughs> no, no, I think me and Aidan had a bit of a we couldn't remember, so we had to IMDb. Um, okay. So it was Dark Star was his first film. Okay. Uh, Assault on Precinct 13. Mm. Halloween. The Fog. Yeah. Escape from New York. Don't look at me like I <laughs> I've seen Escape from New York and was Escape it? from LA. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, what's after Escape from New York? Um, oh, no, I did, did, uh, he did a film about, uh, a TV movie about Elvis before Escape from New York. Is that the one with Kurt Russell in it? Yeah, that's when yeah, he yeah. first worked with Kurt Russell. Yeah, that John, that. You know, that John Carpenter film with Kurt Russell in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think it might wasn't The Thing after Escape from New York. I, I've got no oh, idea. I don't know. Yeah. No idea. I think it was The Thing. The Thing then... was 82? Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure there'll be people listening to this. And then he did uh, Three Men and a Little Baby. <laughs> that was Leonard Nimoy. And then quite a break, and then American Pie, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was did Leonard, Leonard Nimoy. Leonard directed Three Men and a Little, la- a little Baby. Well, a, a remake of a French film called Three Men in a Cradle. There we go. <laughs> so just like, you know, funny, about, it? funny uh, interesting choice for them to have an English title in a French. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't really know about horror films, you see. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> in summation, yeah. I quite like horror films. Yeah. I like to be genuinely frightened. 
And it's normally ghosts that do that for me. Ghost scare. Ghost. Oh, well, you've picked a film that isn't a ghost, a ghosty film. No, but I think. Um, Were you scared by? We're going to talk about Midsummer. No, we are talking about Midsummer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I was not scared by it. No, you not. I was creeped out, which I liked. It kind of gave me like a sort of sense of, I guess, dread and, and <laughs> yeah. just genuine weirdness. I like. I really, really enjoyed it. But I think I was. Um, so my my store, my road towards watching Midsummer starts with Hereditary, right? Okay, yeah. Because Hereditary, if you look at that on paper, that ticks all my boxes, right? Yeah. It's sort spooky of supernatural, spooky. Um, I thought the trailer like looked satanic like... cult stuff in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was quite excited about watching it, and felt very very disappointed. Well, what, by really? Hereditary. Well, why were you disappointed by it? Um, I just thought it was uh, okay. So my good bit of talking about Hereditary, right? <laughs> Uh, this is my soundbite, is that it's a reverse Babadook. Okay. Because I love the Babadook. Right. Right. And another one, the Babadook was hilarious. Like, I watched that with my, my partner, Soph, and uh, we just finished it, and she was like, oh, did it frighten you? I was like, oh, no, it didn't really frighten me. And then we went to bed, and I had to get up because I thought they, I thought there was a monster in the room. It was like a dressing gown. Um, but I love the Babadook, and I, uh, the Hereditary, what I thought Hereditary did. So whereas the Babadook is a film about depression that makes you think he's about a monster. Yeah. I think Hereditary is a film about oh, a monster. Really? That's the monster alarm. It's <laughs> a film about a monster that makes you think it's about depression. I think it to- it constantly tries to yeah, 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 wrong yeah. foot you and make you think that um, Tony Collette is just imagining all this and it's grief that's doing yeah, it to yeah. her. So it will set all this up as a premise but then it will go, ah, it was the devil's in it. The end is absolutely mad, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, film. It is nuts. It proper like ramps up. Oh mate, it goes completely off the rails. But it, it, it's... I wouldn't say it goes off the rails. No, no, no that's yeah, that's unfair. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it sort of, I I felt it was a bit messy because the first shot of Tony Collette in that film, yeah, when she's doing a eulogy at her mother's funeral, mm-hmm. she's wearing like a symbol. Yeah. and a necklace and the second I saw that I was like alright it's going to be about witchcraft and cults yeah, yeah. and then yeah, yeah. it tries to convince you that it's not about that Yeah. but then it goes too far with the other stuff there's no grey lines it's like well if this is in the film then it's going to be about witchcraft isn't it like after Gabriel yeah. Byrne catches fire <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, then it still tries to go back and, and play it as if it's about her grief when it's like well I mean last time I checked grief <laughs> doesn't just cause spontaneous combustion have you ever combusted when you've been sad <laughs> Oh, never, well, a little bit once, but that was just my foot. But um, but yeah, I felt like it didn't know what it wanted to do there. And then at the end, yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, the end was probably what I enjoyed the most. Like, yeah. It's, Did you find it scary, Hereditary? I think there were certain sections towards the end. So when Tony Collette is sort of chasing her son around the house, yeah. and there's a bit where he runs in and she's sort of up in the corner. Yeah. Um, and there's like a he does really cool stuff with her at those points like mm. where you get like really odd close-ups of her like garroting her own head off and things yes. like that like yeah that was very very good but I could have done with about an hour less in the middle I think because it's what like three hours yeah, long yeah yeah it is long yeah for me personally it got very baggy I and sort of agree with that changing yeah. tracks yeah. throughout the middle of the film it kept switching between it's about this it's about this yeah, it's about yeah. this and it's yeah, like yeah I sort of understand you know. that so I was quite disappointed a fair criticism um, so we'd watched Hereditary and Soph had already bought Midsummer on Blu-ray and if she hadn't already bought it I don't think I'd have watched it, it. Okay. Um, because we were both really excited about watching it we wanted to see it at the cinema and didn't we watched Hereditary and realised Midsummer was the same director 
And then so I immediately looked at the back of Midsummer, and it was like, right, three hours long. So I expected to have a similar experience watching Midsummer. And I'm assuming you didn't. Not at all. Okay, so no. you really like Midsummer? I, yeah, I do. I think it absolutely earned the length in a way that Hereditary didn't. I think Midsummer deserves to be that long. And now I'm pissed off at myself for not watching the extended cut because there's another sort of, yeah. I don't know, 20 minutes, half hour in the other one that I want to see now, but I need to leave it a bit before I watch it again. No, so what was it about Midsummer that really like got you? What did you well, really like about it? it kind of, you, what, you, going in, right? I'm sure you probably had a similar thing. I expected it to have a similar sort of feel as The Wicker Man. Yeah. Which it did. And but I think it did it in a way that wasn't um derivative and it wasn't even you know, it barely even referenced things like the the Wicker Man, but it managed to be its own thing. Yeah. That was just caught of around the well, it was actually a, it wasn't really like Wicker Man other than the fact that it was like a weird cult sort of thing. Yeah. That was about but, it really. But I mean how many films do you get like that? Do you I'm know what I mean? Yeah. So with a film like that you're gonna make ref- parallels to the, the Wicker mm. Man, I think. But um I think it, it um it was a bit meandering, but I think that it deserved to be like that from the story. Like, I think it made sense for it, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. You're kind of yeah. like following this this uh, Florence Pugh's character through it, um, and it absolutely makes sense for her to be getting lost and for different things yeah. to be happening and the story for it to be going in different directions. Um, yeah, I just thought it was incredibly well done. Yeah, that's all I've got to say. On it, good <laughs> <laughs> what was the? Um, well, like I said, it didn't really scare you, but there was an like, atmosphere about it. The, uh... Yeah. So when they when they arrive in, um, is it Sweden. Midsummer? Sweden. Is the town called Midsummer? Or is Midsummer? No, Midsummer's the festival. The festival isn't it? there. It's the... When they arrive in that place, you're thinking of Midsummer Murders. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they arrive in that field with all the stuff set out, yeah. it's so well done that it's immediately it's its own universe like when, yeah. they, when they come through the, the like the wooden structures everything within that is yeah it, it's just another world in the same way the Coruscant or Tatooine is you know and it's <laughs> yeah. so well worked out um, and the des- the production design of things like that like you know even down to the wallpaper and the tapestries yeah, yeah. there it's just it's so so rich and it, it kind of makes you believe it's a real place you know um, and I kept it's expecting it to take a leap into something more supernatural, and I like the fact that it didn't. didn't yeah. It kept it very grounded as just as if this place could exist. As yeah. you wander into there and end up. Yeah, it didn't uh, sort of jump the shark as I say, did it? it didn't. No, never. No, yeah. I mean Burnt the bear. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it, it did a very good job of foreshadowing uh, with like, but all that stuff that was seeded had I think had good payoffs like um, you know the fact that you're aware that the bear is a thing of importance and you see it in the wallpaper and then you know it's one of those great things that by the time it got to the end of the film you could then look back and see all of the paths that had led you up to that point you know Um, and it it, yeah it was just very unsettling the second they entered that sort of yeah when I when I I saw it in the cinema did you you see it on Blu-ray I watched it on Blu-ray yeah yeah. Um, I saw it in the cinema uh, and afterwards I I just went out and had a little sit down and had to think about what I just watched it was was, I've never done that really for a long time it was a film where I sort of yeah it sort of made me I feel really old after watching it yeah it does really weird because it does an incredibly good job at um, putting you in the shoes of the main character And when you see it through her eyes, and I don't know how you felt, but the whole time I expected her to be sacrificed. 
Yeah. But then actually when you get the payoff of she's like sacrificing her shitty yeah. boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. And then they do such a good job of making that guy into a total cock <laughs> that at the end of the film you 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 celebrate that. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're like watching this thing and, and thinking, yeah, you fucking go for <laughs> does it. Does he deserve you know? to get like, killed how he does? No, though? of course like, he doesn't. Quite a brutal... Of course he doesn't deserve it. Yeah. But it puts you in a place where you... Uh, I think it puts the viewer in a place where they are they're happy that that's happened because you're you're on her side I think yeah or at least I was anyway but um, maybe not everyone had that experience <laughs> it's got, again we're talking about gore earlier and it's quite a, there's like some pretty horrendous horrific gore in it like it's pretty uh, like what maybe well, we edited that stuff out well there's a blood eagle in it isn't there they go and see goes in there's oh. a guy hanging from his like back isn't there? They're blood yes. eagles, and they're that's right. What's that? What are you calling that? Blood eagle. That's what the blood they, eagle is. That what yeah, I mean? Yeah, where they uh, it's in. Have you ever seen the program Vikings? It's what Vikings. No, no, no. Where no. They, like forgotten exactly, but they do something to their back. They fuck up their back. <laughs> <laughs> they sort of cut it open and get all the bits out. That's true. But there's the bit where the uh, the, the jump the head, the and then they smash his head in. Is that was like oh, it that's is grim. very full on, but I think it's those short bursts like that yeah. that just it's just like an exclamation point on that scene yeah. do you know what I mean I can deal with that and it and it felt uh, it, again it felt earned there it felt like it had a reason to be there you yeah. know that, that scene in particular was very very good where it's dawning on everybody slowly what's about to happen I quite liked the character because when he said oh we're going to do this tomorrow I've forgotten what it's called do you remember what it's called the like, ritual remember. in it no um, when there's a one character that knows what it is yeah the, is that the, the guy that took, brought them there? Oh no, yeah. the, the the guy who's researching yes, his yeah, thesis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, 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 he yeah, knows yeah. what it is, so he's yeah. like, oh, okay. And then the others, and then... Yeah. Oh yeah, it's grim. Grim, <laughs> grim. But I don't know, it felt grounded and real as well. It felt like yeah. that was a real place where that was happening, yeah. All right, what I like to do, I think this is okay. good, I like to read one-star reviews okay. of things <laughs> we're talking about. IMDB reviews, Ooh. I must say. Before you do that, okay. can I... Give it a like quickly go through what I what I think might be there in the one star reviews because I don't think it's perfect. I think there are a few okay. Well, let's there. see. Remember, okay. this is IMDb user generated reviews. Oh fucking hell! Okay. So okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, now what do you reckon? What do you reckon is going to be in there? I well, my my main issue with it was I think there was a bit of a plot hole. Okay, go on. So the Midsummer Festival, Midsummer, they um, the guy so their mate who takes them over there Mm -hmm. he says it happens every 90 years yeah but it's clear that a lot of what's happening there doesn't so I yeah but I I don't think because I've thought about this I don't think a lot of the stuff that happens is part of the Midsummer Festival yeah I think the Midsummer Festival is something that happens that that infrequently okay but because like, again, it's all they when they do that thing when they jump off the cliff. Yeah, that I I think yeah that yeah that, that I can see that being a separate thing. Yeah. However, which part of the film do you think is the Midsummer Festival? Oh, I don't really. I can't. It's been a while since I watched it. Can, because like yeah, no, I agree with you. I think they're jumping off the cliff mm. and things like that. Yeah, that's probably something that when someone is so just what, that what, age. What that well, the Midsummer Festival, I would say, is probably well what I read it as when I watched the film was the. Um, Electing a like having a queen, yeah, and the burning of the barn with the, the people and the bear mm-hmm. inside it. That's what I thought of as the Midsummer Festival. However, there are there have definitely been more queens within the lifetime yeah. of the guy because he has pictures of them on his phone, yeah, that he's showing um, Florence Pugh at the start of the film, and he says that his parents died in a fire. 
which yeah. I would assume would be that the burning yeah. in the barn. So it's like so. What, so maybe yeah, what, what happens is, every yeah. ninety years? I'm then? Sure what part of that is? I watched it again. I could probably work it out. Work it out, yeah. but unless that is like a hint that there is something supernatural going on there, yeah. and that's ghosts. <laughs> wizard did it. A wizard. Did it. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, right, so, so let's see star if any of these one star reviews and IMDb is, are as um, well put as your criticism of the film. Got it. So this is. I can't even read that one. This is one star. What a load of BS. <laughs> I think the most disturbing part was that people liked this movie. I am pretty disturbed. The, yeah. that, was that it? That's the review for that one. Mm, okay. This one's mathematical. Okay, one star. Disgusting. Plus stupid story. Plus waste of time. 7.2. Really? Are you kidding me? <laughs> what I like about things like this is, is that, like, is the assumption that just because you don't enjoy something, it has no work yeah, whatsoever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I think, uh, I think, <laughs> I think, I don't know. I might be about to piss you off, but like, I think the thing with horror, yeah, is that I don't think it's one thing. I think it means a lot of different things. No, yeah, it definitely does. So yeah. I think someone who says they like horror might enjoy one particular type of horror. So then, yeah, of course, if, yeah. But then, if they're given something like Midsummer. Where actually what they want is a Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. Then I can understand how they're not getting what they want out of that, and they yeah, see but, it as a horror but, film. But, but I think but... the way it was marketed, you know what I mean? If you saw the trailer for that film, yeah, you wouldn't expect it to be like a slasher movie or like a oh, one no. of those sort of insidious type, you know, those sort of like jump scare films. You're, you're right, but I don't know how it was marketed. I remember watching the trailer, but I don't know exactly what. And also, what I discovered when I do you remember when Mother came out? Yes. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. Was that um, Darren Aronofsky. Darren Aronofsky, yeah. So, right, now, I, I went to cinema a couple of times in the run-up to that film. I never saw it. They marketed that as very much a horror film, didn't well, they? Yeah. in some places. So I went to an everyman cinema, oh, right. and the trailer was very art housey. And yeah. it was about, oh, from the director of The Wrestler, and it was yeah. very subdued, and it sold it some, like something a bit like Midsummer, right? I went to see it at View, and it was sold like Paranormal Activity. That's it weird, was a completely it? different trailer. And it was like, you know, the night vision cam shots of people in the cinema like hiding behind their popcorn and people coming wow. out of the cinema going oh I've never been so frightened in my whole life and like that, a completely different trailer and I you know I think it's horrible but it was like oh well every main cinema people are going to want this view yeah. cinema people yeah, are going to yeah. want that and it's I think it's a bad way of quite doing cynical it. isn't it it's very cynical but you also you're mis-selling the film as well yeah because you know? yeah, if you're going in to watch Mother yeah have you seen it no it's not uh, uh, like a, it's not like paranormal activity. No, I, would, I wouldn't I mean? have assumed it was. It's, it's, you know what I mean? But but like if in, you were going into it, and I think a lot of people did. I think a lot of people because it's got uh, Jennifer Lawrence in it as well, who's been like quite big, big franchise films. Yeah, I don't know if this sounds snobby. I don't know. That's bad. Um, what? Like the no. fact that people who are fans of her would go and see it. No, I think that's a fair assumption to make because she's more well known for things like the Hunger Games, Hunger Games right? And stuff, yeah. Although if you if you know Darren Aronofsky, yeah you would know that, okay, well, this is something he does because Natalie Portman was in Black Swan and, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's not necessarily one that won't... But I think even, like, a film like The Wrestler or Black Swan yeah. is more, like, a straight film than The Mother. But you've not seen it. I've not seen so, it, yeah. no, no, no. It's worth a watch. It's I a would bit, like to watch it. I like it. Like, yeah, it's, it's a bit like... Oh, yeah, we get it. <laughs> <laughs> when you see it, you'll understand. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about Hereditary. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Um, Here's another review. It's cool. uh, okay. This is one star, and the headline is "Ha ha." I've watched some rubbish films, but this one is up there with the worst. Total mints. Mince. I don't. I don't know what is that spent spelled M I N C E. Yeah, yeah, like mince meat. Mm. Total mints. If the dude who made this gets paid, then I'm chucking my job as a toilet attendant and making the sequel. All right, mate. Yeah, you, you try that. Yeah, see how far you get. <laughs> this okay. Again, have another one star review, and the headline is weird and interesting, which sounds like a good thing. Interesting. Yeah. It is indeed one of the most weird movies that I have watched, but at the same time, it never makes you feel bored. And that's a one-star review. Maybe they thought one was the highest. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe they think, that's a star, that's a star. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, absolute garbage. Let's read this one. This movie is a complete waste of time. There is no purpose. Made-up cult, which is what Hollywood thinks cult should do. What?! It's clearly someone who's in a cult. <laughs> yeah. This is an inaccurate portrayal yeah, yeah, of a cult. Yeah. <laughs> then all the garbage. People who made this movie should not be allowed to make any more movie. Not be allowed. <laughs> they, should be sen- they should be sent at this fiction's commune. What? Sent- I'm guessing I'm assuming it's supposed to be sent to this fictional commune. Yeah. Know. And should be f- fed the pubic... <laughs> <laughs> and fed the pubic hair buyers for the rest of and for the rest of a, for a whole weekend <laughs> just the weekend yeah let's not go probably a couple yeah. of pubic pies a weekend if I was there if everyone was yeah, doing you know yeah. why not have a, have a pubic pie I did like that though that there was a law spelt W-O-R-E there were everything in that world felt rich and it made sense to the people there you know like the stuff with the pubic hair being served to the man she wanted to sleep with and yeah <laughs> there we go. A couple of pubic pies. What did you make of the uh, sex scene in the bar barn? Oh, it was uh, kind of awkward, but in a good way. That was yeah, sort of like the yeah. point of it, wasn't it? Yeah. I like I like a sex scene in a film where it's like the, the... stop there. There we go. Done. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I just love a sex scene. No, I love a sex scene in a film where it's not sexy at all. Do you know what I mean? I quite like enjoy it. Yeah. <sighs> to a point. Um, oh, <laughs> another film that. I wouldn't say frightened, but disturbed me. Yeah. Straw Dogs. Have you seen oh, that? Oh, Straw Dogs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The, the scene in that. That is very disturbing. I, I couldn't watch it. I turned it off. There's I a lot of a lot of films it. from that era are uh, yeah. problematic. We'll say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think what... Oh, Straw, yeah, Straw Dogs completely unnerved me. There's a remake of that, didn't they, Straw Dogs? They did, yeah. yeah, yeah have yeah, you ever yeah. seen the remake? No. No, never mind. I did go back and finish it off. I'll tell you what, I turned it off. I was watching it on DVD on my own and it was really, really upsetting me. I couldn't watch it and then I tried to go to sleep and I couldn't sleep either. Yeah, yeah. So I had to go back and finish it and watch how yeah. it ended. But yeah, that that very much disturbed me. Yeah. But yeah, the scene, the sex scene in Midsummer was, um, again, like just... Nice and weird, you know. Nice and weird <laughs> yeah. and grounded, and the bit where she where she starts pushing his buttocks, like, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I think that's the bit where it really turned for me. Because up until that point, it was like, ah, uh, they all look like they're having fun. But at that point, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, this is actually really grim. But I know? mean, he had been like drugged and stuff. I don't think. 
No, I know, but I think it was the look on the, the, the girl's face that oh, right, looks yeah, up her yeah. and she's like, yeah. can you give me a hand? <laughs> you know what I mean? like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of nice weird stuff around that. Yeah. What other like weirdness in it? Yeah. Well, there were bits I really, really liked. Like um, they would do a lot of stuff with just distorting the visuals. Yeah. So, yeah. And, but it, quite subtly. So just in the corner of a shot, things would have that weird sort of disturbance pattern mm. over them, so you couldn't see what it was. Um, and there's a particular scene where they're eating a banquet in the middle of the field, and you can't see any of the food because it's all got this like yes. sort of turbulent pattern over it. Now, I found out where that came from. Okay. So they shot that scene. I think it took them something like three days to shoot it. Uh, And the weather was like that in the middle of a field and they were using real food. So the food went off after So they had to disguise the fact that it had been sitting there. It was just rotten food. Yeah, yeah. So it's a bit like the Porgs in Last Jedi, you know, that came about sort of accidentally. What, rotten? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why it was just rotten puffins that they had to CGI over, yeah. But, yeah. but that I realised in the fact that that had a basis in when she takes the is it mushroom she takes. I think they drink mushroom yeah. tea, right? Yeah, yeah and then because yeah. so that, they start those weird visuals around then and then mm. it kind of builds up. To it's got like, I mean, I've never taken like hallucinogenic drugs. No. Have you, have you, I mean, if you, um, you don't have to answer, have you ever taken hallucinogenic? <laughs> uh, I've never done anything illegal and I've never done anything to... You've uh, never done anything illegal? Or just... <laughs> I've never done any illegal drugs. There was a time where you could buy uh, le- like legal highs. Yes. Um, and I tried one of those that was a hallucinogen. Oh, right. And I expected it to not work because it was just a legal thing I'd bought, you know... I'd bought it from a person who had a till. So like any any situation like that, you don't expect it to actually do <laughs> yeah, anything, yeah. but it did. And yeah, that so I I've done mild hallucinogens and <laughs> yeah, I you know, I don't know, I've never done LSD, I've never done yeah, mushroom, yeah. but I can see common ground between what my experience is and, and things like midsummer yeah, that are trying to seem like because again, I never have, but I know like when I've uh, people have described it or I've seen things talking about it. That's what it seems like. Not like when you see like films and they're taking drugs and there's like a clown standing there. Yeah, for no reason, no, they're like, no. oh, my hands have gone big. <laughs> <laughs> I mean? No, from from what I remember, you just sort of you you lose um, stuff like you lose a sense of time and you have trouble. Pro- I at least my experience was I had trouble processing images. So I remember I was viewing things like it was a slideshow rather than actually like what was happening in real time. I would see a series of still images that would kind of be moving past my eyes. And and (laughs) someone was filming me while I was doing this and it looked like they were on like a a disc that was being rotated around like this in front of me in a circle. But actually what was happening, I was just very slowly passing out. (laughs) So that was just the arc of my head coming down. Uh, Well, there we go. There we go. (laughs) Yeah. What other uh, like sort of cult uh, films of like scary cults in have you seen? Do you like? Yeah. Well, obviously the Wicker Man. Yeah, what do you think of the Wicker Man? Are you a fan? Yeah, it's been a long time since I've watched it, but I was a big fan of it when I saw. I've seen it a few times, but yeah. not for about twelve years, something like that. Um, what's the one? Uh, the Devil's House. I've not seen that. Oh, it's it's um, it was sort of. I'm going to have to Google it. Apologies, but it was sort of a. Oh, was it House of the Devil? House of the Devil it might be House Whereas of the like Devil where it's like a babysitter uh, yeah and it's like it was sort of made kind of um, 2005 yeah 2000, I think House of the Devil yeah, the, yeah, yeah. yeah House of the Devil that was it I've seen that one yeah that's good right. yeah it's yeah, good again that's one of those slow builds yeah it has yeah, a bad ending at the end yeah 
But what other cult films are there? I don't know. What about um, what about Rosemary's Baby? Have you not seen Rosemary's no, Baby? No, oh, that's good. No. Is that who's in that? Mia Farrow. That's it. Yeah. yeah. No, I've not seen that one. Um, other cult films. I've seen the Burbs. There's a Burbs. cult in the Burbs. <laughs> yeah, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. Um, other cult. Yeah, I can't even think really now. It's one of those genres that you think's like there's a lot of them. But well, I, I guess know. it was because like they were a big scary thing for a little while yeah. weren't they so I guess people were making films about them yeah. in the similar way to like you get films like The Purge now do you know what I mean it just sort of they I, I think probably one of the jobs of a horror film is to tap into yeah. what people are frightened of you know yeah it makes sense yeah. what other um, like you were saying you, uh, you, you're not a big horror fan mm. but have you seen many of the, like, the newer stuff that's coming out you seem to have you said you saw Hereditary have you seen like Get Out like yes, I saw um, I saw Get Out. I really, really enjoyed Get Out. Again, wouldn't say I was that frightened by it, yeah. but l- loved it. I, I keep sort of <laughs> classif- clarifying whether things scared me or not. But well, that um, sort of makes sense. That's yeah. like it's the job of a horror film, isn't it? I would say so. For yeah. me, that's like, what like, you, wouldn't, in. Yeah, you would yeah. say. But it's weird because you would you wouldn't go and see a comedy film. But it was a good film, but it didn't make me laugh. Yeah, that's true. Whereas, yeah, yeah. Like, oh god, yeah, that's really true. Yeah. Oh, although. Stuff like Lenny Bruce. I really like Lenny Bruce's stand-up, but very rarely laugh at it. So sometimes I yeah. can do that. I, mean, I guess, well, yeah, but what about like a comedy film? Have you ever gone uh, to see like, a comedy film and gone, it was a good film, I enjoyed it, but it didn't make me laugh? <laughs> no. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I guess there's an investment, isn't there, if you're yeah. trying to get a joke with a payoff. Yeah. It's very obvious that it hasn't worked. But I guess if you saw a horror film with jump scares that didn't work... Then I think it would you'd have that same effect. Yes, yeah. Whereas like films like Midsummer, they're more about sort of setting a tone. I think. Yeah. Um, and probably similar to the one you just asked me about. Get Out. Yeah, yeah. it's probably more trying to set a, a tone. I saw Get Out. I really enjoyed that. I saw Us. Yeah, yeah. And I had uh, I couldn't just did couldn't enjoy it. But, but because not because of the film though, right? Not because of the yeah. film. No, I went to see it in like a packed cinema on a Saturday night not long and after it had come out and yeah. I, I can't I just can't deal with like if I'm watching a film I need to be engaged with it. I can't be dealing with noise around me and I think I was the only person in that cinema that wasn't talking and it really yeah. ruined it for me. I felt really bad because when it started mm. there was like a row of people in front of me talking. And I yeah. leant across and politely said, look, would you mind not doing that, please? Um, and they shut up. And then every other cunt in the cinema <laughs> popped up. So, yeah, I want to watch it again. Uh, I'll probably give it another six it months. Is really watch it, again. it is really Cause good. Because I, t- I could tell it was good, but yeah. I just couldn't, yeah. I couldn't engage with it's it. It's definitely more of a horror film than Get Out is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, do you think, like, am I wrong in sitting there wanting to watch it in silence? No, do you think? no. No? Because sometimes I worry about that. Because I go to the cin- I don't really go to the cinema a lot because I expect to be pissed off while I'm there because <laughs> people are chatting and on their phones. And no, stuff. I think that's totally like fair, and you shouldn't. You sh- people shouldn't be talking in the cinema. No, I don't think they should. But then is that like an is that an old fashioned opinion? Is that not what people do anymore? I don't know. I mean, they shouldn't. They shouldn't. No, I totally agree with you. But like, you even go to the Prince Charles now, and people are doing it there. And the Prince Charles used to be really good at telling people to shut up and get off their phones but they don't bother anymore it's like so oh, it seems to just be that this is just, just this just happens now I think because the way people watch films is so different yeah even from like watching it on a video like it would be a big thing to watch you sit and watch a film yeah 
even on like video and DVD. But I think now yeah, you turn the lights off. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. now because you just you can just watch anything at any time, anywhere. Like you see people watching films on their phone on the train. Yeah. Well, I do, I've done that as well. I thought that weird. Really, I've watched yeah. a lot of stuff on my phone. I, uh, well, I don't commute as much anymore when I'm not driving. You drive. You don't watch a yeah. film and drive. <laughs> Try it. It's not a good idea. But, you know, I used to quite... What about the film Drive when you watch the film? <laughs> Only if I had my Scorpion jacket. But not Drive Angry, don't no. that one, yeah. <laughs> But, um, uh, yeah, I've, I used to be a big fan of falling asleep to watching stuff on my phone. Okay. So I would, like, cuddle up in bed and mm. I'd put something on my phone so it was, like, maybe six inches away from my face <laughs> and something I wasn't that interested in until I fell asleep. I like, I like falling asleep for an audio commentary on a... That's a good one. Yeah, I do yeah. storybooks now. I have audio books that I've already listened to. I listen to again. Ah, okay. What, uh, what audio books are you listening to? <laughs> Nothing about scary? horror films. Nothing, I'm uh, Although I did listen to um, Adam Savage's sort of autobiography where he talks a lot about you know special effects and makeup and things cool. like that. Cool. Oh, that's, that's my dream job is to do special effects. Nick Savini. Tom, Tom Savini. Tom Savini. Yeah, Tom Sachs. <laughs> you're getting, you're getting, Nick. you're getting Nick, Greg Nicotero. Greg Nicotero. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking of. Tom Savini. Yeah, yeah. who's the best one? Oh, it's it's got to be Tom Savini, I think. Oh, I don't know. For me, it would be between Rob Botin. Yeah. Or Botin. I don't know. I can't Botin. Remember. Is I it Botin? I think so. Rob yeah. Botin and uh, Stan Winston. Oh, I mean Stan Winston's yeah. like the king, really. Yeah, but I think. Um, the thing is the king of practical effects. That's Rob Bottin. Yeah. Well, yeah. and a bit of Stan Winston. Oh, right. Yes, uh, you must know that. Oh, yeah, I'm a bit shocked I didn't know that. Yeah, so Rob Bottin, um, you know, obviously he kind of worked himself into a... <laughs> into like madness. Into a breakdown when he yeah. was making it. Because he was only, I think he was like 19. He was young, yeah. When he took it on, it was just too much work. So he ended up having to leave the production for a few weeks. And uh, Stan Winston came on board to help out. Cool. So the shot with the dogs, um, when the dogs are transforming with like the... The petal yes. faces and the pipe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Stan Winston, not Rob Boating. Yeah. Doing that. Yeah. What uh, what films of like again? Obviously, the thing. Mm. But what other like amazing? Coming back to the yeah. thing. <laughs> I think every episode of this, so I'm just yeah. <laughs> um, what other films have like amazing special effects? Where a certain amazing special effects like set piece? Oh, I think it would be around. It would probably be something around like sort of mid to late eighties. Because by the time you get to Jurassic Park, even though there's more practical effects in Jurassic Park than CGI, CGI it's when it starts to take over. Yeah. Um, but I think films from around that period are they're doing it better than. Is when it was any time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like I think Empire is probably that's definitely a very high watermark. Empire Strikes Back because the, the stuff they were doing that is amazing. Fucking mind blowing. Yeah. Like, and. The, not horror related I apologise <laughs> but like the snow speeder um, fight at the beginning like the stuff that they were having to do to have like because they had a, so they had a miniature hoth and they had a miniature camera that they moved um, to simulate the snow speeder flying through the, the scenery and then but then to put that in front of the actors in the cockpit they had to create matte masks alpha masks that were sort of Stanley like exacto blade Jeez. cut outs of the exact yeah, yeah. shape frame by frame and then put through an optical printer and like so all that stuff and then Coruscant as well where you get the like the the skyscapes with the cloud city in front of it um, and that's just what makes me utterly heartbroken that I can't get a good version of those original films yeah. because there's so much more craft and art yeah. going into those original films than you get in the special editions 
and yeah. all that work is just gone. Mm-hmm. It's just completely overridden. And like <sighs> the, yeah, the CGI just looks bad. Well, I think CGI. The problem with it is that it's not. Um, I don't think it's really. Do you know what I mean? Like when you're making something practically, you can reach a point of mastery with that. You know yeah. what I mean? But with with CGI, because it just doesn't stop developing. Five years down the line, it's going to look yeah, aged. Yeah, ha- like the CGI and like the Phantom Menace and stuff. Yeah, looks dodgy now. It's like twenty years old, twenty one years old. Yeah. So is he going to do? Well, he doesn't. Well, he doesn't obviously, he doesn't. Know, but are, are know. they going to do like a remaster and read all that? Maybe, maybe, or just give us the fucking original. You know? <laughs> um, but I also think, especially with horror, to pull it back to that, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think that when you're doing dealing with practical effects, they have a reality f- with for them. You know, yeah. that thing existed in the real world at some point, and I think that as talented an animator or a sculptor or a modeler. Um, you are in CG. You're never going to get that reality of something that was actually in front of a camera. True. Um, Do you think there are any examples of like really good, well done CGI? What I the stuff I really enjoy is when there's a, like a healthy balance of both. Yeah. So like the Lord of the Rings films, they're very very good at doing that. Where yeah. it's CGI is now just it's a paintbox brush rather than a toolbox. Yeah. You know they're just using the punch up what was there rather. Yeah, than... you couldn't do those huge battles. No. Without CGI, really. No. Right uh, to that scale. Exactly. Yeah. You. I think you need to look at a production and think right, what here can be practical mm. and what here needs to be. But like, I think CG. well, those documentaries like the uh, the appendices on mm. those like special editions of Lord of the Rings are amazing oh they're fantastic the ones where they're going through all like the weapons and the amount yeah. of like love put into those Lord of the Rings films is just phenomenal I was thinking about the chainmail do you oh, remember right, how yeah. they did the chainmail I was oh, thinking about this the other day so um, chainmail has always been like a real problem in cinema and for years it was wool so oh, right, Monty so Python like... the Holy Grail all that chainmail is a, it's a special technique for like a loose knit of silvery wool so from a distance, it looks like chainmail, but it's warm. It hasn't got the weight to it. it hasn't so, got the yeah. weight. It's really hot. And yeah, yeah. Like, the second it gets wet, wet, it's fucked, basically. <laughs> so originally it was wool. Then I think it films like Excalibur. It was, I think it was actual chainmail in Jesus. Excalibur. Although it was probably aluminium or something, so it wasn't yeah, quite yeah. as heavy. Lord of the Rings, it was PVC pipe. That right, was cut yeah. into very small little loops that then were hand assembled. <laughs> um, but now they're starting to do it with foam with craft foam oh, right. so what they'll do is they'll cut out like a pattern in craft foam that's like a repeating spiral like a repeating sort of S curve and then all you have to do is sort of hook strands of that uh, together yeah, yeah. and it looks like chain mail you, 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 and then you, like spray painting like silver yeah well, they, well I think what they do is they pretty much dry brush it so it's black oh, right, and yeah. then they dry brush a silver over the top of it and like again from yeah. a distance it looks like that but yeah. that stuff I um, am way more keen on looking into the development of that than looking into the development of something like massive, like a CGI battle simulator yeah. or something. You know? Well, yeah, it's true. Like, because I always like the magic to me was when I was a kid and watching the horror films, just watching them and thinking, oh, how did they do that? Yeah, that's a big. Like, part how did of they it. do it? Yeah. And then you watch a film now, well, not necessarily. You know, watch a film with a lot of CGI. Like I watch yeah. like I don't know these Marvel films. Yeah. And I just think, no, they're just on a computer. And it's yeah. impressive. There's a lot of work done to, or done on it. Please. But I'm not oh, I'm not wondering know. how they've done it. No. And I think cinema is at its best when it's a bit of a magic trick. Yeah. You know, when you, you do wonder how. Like, 
the the shots that I always find incredible, like are the ones like in something like The Fly or uh, Interstellar. So not Interstellar, sorry, um, Inception, where you've got to get a character like walking up the scene. Yeah, yeah, and like. <laughs> not run through it it's a good scene oh is there the same thing yeah. in that so is that you're watching it going well this doesn't make sense and then you're thinking oh well they must have just tilted with the set but then in the fly you know like you kind of think well they had that whole set built on a gimbal yeah, yeah, yeah. that would yeah. then rotate so it could look and that yeah. just blows my mind that's a thing as similar as a scene in Nightmare on Elm Street where um, a character is getting killed in his dr- in, or he she is getting killed in their dream and she's like being sort of thrown around but being like she's going up the wall it's crazy and how they, they just had a huge room yeah uh, and then just turned it around and there's another scene where uh, John, spoiler alert where Johnny Depp's <laughs> character dies yeah and he basically gets like sucked into a bed and then like, oh, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. a fountain of blood shoots out of it and they used that same room but they just did it upside down so it was just pulled the blood out but apparently there's a story of like something went slightly wrong when they did it and it and it tipped and there's like gallons and gallons of blood just run into the crew <laughs> oh and just God. like nearly drowned them. <laughs> <laughs> that happened to um, Bruce Campbell as well on the Evil Dead. That makes perfect sense. Because yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's a bit where it might be Evil Dead 2, I don't know which it was, but basically he gets like a fountain of blood spraying yeah, yeah. his face. So they had him... Every every Evil Dead film, wasn't it? <laughs> they had him tied to a diving board yeah, yeah. in a swimming pool. We were just like tipping buckets, so they were basically just fucking waterboarding Bruce Campbell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, apparently, like Sam Raimi is like, like he takes like glee, yeah, in just torturing Bruce Campbell oh, in the making those you? films. Why like, wouldn't you? Yeah, like there's like. <laughs> There's just certain scenes where, like, there's like a, a skeleton hand slapping around the face, and it's Sam Raimi's hand just because he wants to, yeah, you know, and just, <laughs> things like that. He's just like totally just loves torturing Bruce Campbell. But I, th- I think it, I think it does add to, I, and I think it is especially horror. I think when something is real, I think it adds to yeah. it. Like Poltergeist, mm. like the the spirits in Poltergeist with the the one the first one that shows up with the kind of ethereal... The poached egg. The poached egg, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like the problem solving of, right, well, we'll shoot it in water because yeah. we can get this sort yeah, of yeah. like zero G thing. And But it, it was there, it existed, you know? And, yeah. and that, you, you can't really fool that, you know? Um, you can tell, I think. Definitely agree, yeah. yeah. Uh, I just thought of something else that very much shit me up. <laughs> All right, go on. Uh, Ghostwatch. Oh, yeah. 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 I want to do an episode talking about Ghost. Oh, you should. Yeah. I won't talk about it too much. Then. Yeah, well, no, we will still talk about <laughs> it. <now. laughs> well, I watched that two Halloweens ago for the so first time. Was that the time. first time you ever seen it? You'd never first time seen I'd it. ever seen it. See, yeah. I saw a part of it when it was on. Okay. Because um, when was it? It must have been. I must have been young. Yeah, it was late nine or ninety. It was late eighties. Let's look it yeah, up. Look. Um, um, go, go, so tell me about your experience right, of watching it while I, it was on. In, okay, I could be getting things all mixed up because it was a long time ago and I was very young. But I remember our next door neighbours were having like a Halloween party. Yeah. So everyone was dressed up and they were eating like loads of like sort of Halloween themed foods. And I sort of popped around because I heard, I'd seen adverts of this thing. And I knew it was I knew it was happening. I knew there was this like I thought it was real. Yeah. Like there was there uh, like they were doing this program where they're gonna look at a haunted house. So I came in to watch a bit of it and it was the you know the bit where the girl was being possessed, and she's right, like, right, right. "Ring around the rosy," that you yeah, know that yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I was like, "No, fuck this! I'm not watching this." <laughs> like, when I was a kid. Like, yeah. I thought that was real. It was '92, by the way. '92, so I would have been what, about seven. Yeah, about seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So young, little, 
a little bit older than seven, about seven or eight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I kind of wish I'd seen it at the time. Um, it was Soph who, because uh, Soph loves horror films. Basically, oh she, yeah, she's a bit more of a fan of me, and every Halloween she wants to watch a load of them. So she'd seen it, and we watched it last Halloween. And she told me that she'd watched it. Same thing about nineteen ninety two. She'd watched it go go mm. out. She's a little bit younger than us, so she'd have been about seven. And um, it finished, and she was like traumatized, yeah. genuinely traumatized for a couple of days until her dad said, "You know that wasn't real." Don't yeah, you? yeah. So she was convinced it was real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> terrifying. But it's so well done, really well done. Yeah, yeah. And the genius of casting people like Parky yeah. and Craig Charles, Charles and, and yeah, yeah, really yeah. well done. Um, do you reckon they'd be able to get a white? Like, do you reckon they could do something like that again? Do you reckon they'd ever fool someone? I don't think. I don't know. No. I wouldn't say definitely because there's people like Darren Brown who still do it. You mm. know, they do things like, you know, the push or shit yeah, like yeah. that. Where you know that's all very manufactured and stagecraft. But you know, and he did the things where he accurately predicted the lottery numbers. And <laughs> yeah. I think he actually did that. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I think it's possible, but you'd have to be but not in that format. No, probably not. Probably not. But I don't know. Like most haunted is. Yeah, was bullshit, and a lot of people believed that. Maybe not on that scale. Maybe that's the thing. Yeah, you can do it on that scale. Um, I do like a bit of TV horror though. Nigel Neal, you've seen oh, yeah. of his stuff. Stone yeah. Tape. Stone Tape. I'm a big fan of Stone Tape. Yeah, yeah I found that. I love the Stone Tape. Unsettling. Yeah. yeah, I like the fact that again, uh, what Nigel Neal did with that was he made it seem very real like it, there was all this logic to, to what was going on yeah. and actually like the stone tape theory I always assumed predated the film yeah, yeah that, but, but but it's actually people <laughs> think that makes so much yeah, sense yeah, that it, yeah, it's yeah. probably uh, probably what ghosts are actually but it's a, such a good idea isn't it oh it's brilliant. brilliant um have you listened to the like I think the BBC the all radio play they did of it a few years ago no. it's got um who's it got on it uh Julian Barrett Oh, and it's really good. Yeah, you should. Listen, I will should definitely listen. To that. listen I think it's to on that. YouTube. So yeah, yeah. You, you should um, listen to that. Have you listened to it? Yeah. Is it? Uh, is the is it, is it modern day or are they, do they set it in the time? I can't remember. Because I think uh, the stone tape is one of those things for me. It would like, only was, work. No, no. You I could think, modernize I, it. I think you could modernize it, and I think it could be really, really good as a modern as a modern story. I think a bit in the same way that the fly, like we were talking about the flying little mm. shop horrors. I think you could take the tone tape. Stone tape, yeah, <laughs> tone tape. the tone tape, and do a really, really good job of remaking it. Because yeah, think... I think they, I think they could do a really good remake of it. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen again John Carpenter? I'm sorry, go on. <laughs> Ghost of Mars, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, shit, Dracula, got John Carpenter's Dracula. Vampires. No, vampires. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, <laughs> have you actually seen fantastic it? film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. up top tier. <laughs> <laughs> um, Did do Grace Scott plays vampire uh, Dracula in that? You call yourself a John Carpenter. <laughs> That's why, because I've never seen it. That's yeah. why I call it. Um, I can't think what it's called. Um, Prince of Darkness. Have you ever seen Prince of Darkness? I haven't. No. Prince of Darkness is like um, John Carpenter's love letter to uh, Nigel Neal, basically. Really? Yeah. I might watch that then. It's got a, there's a lot. It's sort of a mix of Nigel Neal and H.P. Lovecraft. Oh, um, yeah, a bit of that. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's not just the worst parts of both of them. Oh, yeah, it's the whole so racism of Lovecraft. <laughs> and, and very fixated on the Isle of Man. Like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's, it's a fucking brilliant film. Really underrated. Prince of Darkness. Prince of Darkness. I might have to watch that. Very good. Um, it's got Alice Cooper in it. He plays like a weird, like... Um, Rockstar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then top hat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like a 
king of the homeless people, like the spooky homeless people. That's right. Yeah, it's yeah. a fucking good film. But did you know that Nigel Neal wrote um, Halloween Three? I did not know that. So yeah, Nigel Neal. Because you know, Halloween Three has got nothing to do with You've the first two. Told me about it before, where it was so, going to be like a franchise, wasn't it? But well, not in that way. You know, yeah, do it like an anthology, basically. Yeah, so it. it would yeah, be yeah, like yeah. different stories, but like, set like Cloverfield now. Yeah. That kind of thing. So like, yeah, set around the loose theme of Halloween. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Nigel Neal wrote the first script for Halloween Three because yeah. John Carpenter's a huge fan of Nigel Neal. I think he's uh, one of his pen names is something. Quite a mass, like right, right, yeah, right, Alan, yeah, yeah. Alan quite a mass or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but he yeah, he wrote the original script. But apparently, he was he felt he hated working with John Carpenter. Apparently, oh, really? Yeah, apparently, they didn't get on at all. Um, never meet your heroes, eh? Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, but they he then they changed the. Well, they didn't. I think they changed, apparently they didn't change a lot of it. I'm trying to think who came on to write it. It's um, Tommy Lee Wallace directed it, so right. he might have done the other. Oh, that's the Tommy Lee Wallace alarm. <laughs> that's him calling. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he like wrote it in the pan. Nigel Neal was like really angry because they sort of added a bit more violence in it and stuff, and a bit more gore. And it's not a particularly gory film. Right, you, I'm yeah. assuming you've not seen Halloween three. No, I've never seen a Halloween film. Oh, but Halloween yeah. three is amazing. Really, like, it's really good. It's a like, it genuinely a, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> no, it's like a, it's mental. Do you know okay. the premise of it? No. So. The idea is that it's like, and it's again, it's like a witchcraft culty type thing. Yeah. But it's like a basically an evil twin maker who makes these Halloween masks called the Halloween Three. Yes, please. Yeah. yeah. Who, where they they have to wear them and wear, watch the TV at a certain time. Right. And it turns children. This is children. Yeah. It kills them and turns their head into like a mass of writhing worms and insects. Fucking hell. That's I'm already frightened. That's a sequel to Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Which is Michael Myers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's a slasher film turned yeah, yeah. into, yeah. I've just, hearing you talk about an evil toy maker, I've just <laughs> remembered probably the most recent film that has nearly made me shit myself. Yeah. Possum. Oh, yeah. Fuck That's me. fucking hard work, that film. But in a good way. Fucking hard work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, Oh my god! There's shots in that film that, yeah, uh, almost paranormal activity levels of tears. <laughs> at those but yeah, incredibly good film. Apparently, he's making another one, Massive Honest. Yeah, right. But he said it's going to be even darker than Possum. Fuck! I don't know what How? this one's going to be about. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I would have thought that that is possibly the darkest subject matter for a <laughs> well, film. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, well, I um, yeah, that's a great film. But I love, absolutely love Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Yeah. So. Yeah, it is yeah. phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Berry, doing what he, he does best. This has been less about Midsummer and more just... Literally every episode, that's the trick. Don't, oh, really? Don't okay. tell anyone. <laughs> but it's just a random basically, conversation about horror. We talk about the home for a little bit, yeah. and then we just talk about any old shit. <laughs> <laughs> Before we do stop, okay. Are there any? I've spoken a lot about films that have made me scared. Is yeah. there, any, there any films that have frightened you? Okay. Uh, like you Blair Witch Project when yeah. I saw well I'd, have I told you a story of how I first saw Blair Witch Project I, think so. I might have said it on the podcast before but I'll say it again yeah I um, my brother had like an, just a VHS of it like yeah. a pirated VHS that he had of it before it came out in the cinema before it was really a big thing but people you know it done, it'd been at Cannes oh, and it had gone mad yeah. and I just had this video and it was like a black cover with the sort of like logo on it and it said the scariest film ever made 
So I was like, yes, I'm going to watch that. <laughs> so one night I watched it in the living room on my own and it fucking shat me up. And oh, it wasn't... God. I didn't think it was real though. I never fell for like the sort of... No. But like, the ghost watchiness of it. The lead up to watching it like that. My God. I can only think of one other film yeah. that would be that, that would be an even more perfect way of watching under those circumstances. Yeah. Like a pirate copy that you've got, yeah. which would be The Ring. If you watch oh, the man. ring like that as well, yeah. I can imagine that really shitting you up. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. Blow, and then we, but that that really shat me up. But then me and a previous podcast guest Jack Burley went to see it when we were like fifteen, and it scared me again. He's seeing it on the big screen with like an audience. Mm. It, yeah, it just shat me up. I want to watch it again. It's I want to watch it. Good. I watch it quite regularly actually. It's a it's a good one. I've not seen it since I saw it in the cinema. Really? Yeah. Have you ever seen Blair Witch Two: Book of Shadows? Yes, I have. What do you think of it? Not good. I can't limp. Come on. Rewatch it again. Reevaluate that. Really? Think about that. It's not good. Definitely not a good uh, film. Is it one of those things where it's like a but sort there's of parody? Stuff of... in there, yeah. Okay. There's stuff in there. I listened to uh, an audiobook recently called um, The Best Year Ever, yeah. which was about films made in 1999. And it's a really good book. That's, yeah. that's from well, Blair Witch Project in 1999. 1999, yeah. Wells came out in Well, so the person make, writing this book was arguing that this was the best year for cinema ever. Now, they do preface it by With saying... the fact that Menace came out that year. Well, they do preface it by saying, really, you could do this about any, any year, any year yeah. but this was the year they picked. So you had uh, the Blair Witch Project, yeah. Fight Club, The Matrix... Um, Many others. They're the main Sound. ones that I can remember. <laughs> that definitely doesn't sound like the best year for cinema ever. Fight clubs. Fight club. Yeah, but it's not the. It's not even the best David Fincher film, is it? Oh, I don't know. I don't, it's a very, very good film, though. I think. Is it Fight Club? Yeah, it is. I would say it it's is. a solid film. No, I think it is as long as you're not um, adolescent when you watch it. Because I think because <laughs> I think there's a lot of I think there's a certain group of people that watch it and take it all at face value. Um, yeah, and yeah, are like, yeah. yeah, this is the way life should be. Whereas you watch it as like a parody, yeah, then yeah, I yeah. think it's another thing. I think The Matrix as well. I think that has Matrix to be is a good first film. Yeah. But um, basically, what the book is, is it's like a sort of mini deep dive into all these films and like the, make, good. the making of Blair Witch Project. <laughs> oh, buddy, yeah. Like they obviously it really, really contributed to how good that film is. Like where they would kind of isolate the cast, yeah, and yeah. just give them script pages at the time and they would film it themselves but the treatment of the actors after the film was made was not good really how so well they the the i think it was like the director and the producer basically basically just started telling everyone that the cast were all dead yeah i yeah i did so yeah they didn't they put on imdb that they had died yeah. as well which then you know this film could have been the big break for those actors yeah. but then they everyone thought they were, were dead, dead you know yeah, yeah. so i think they fucked them over a little bit, and yeah. I don't think the actors were fairly uh, reimbursed after it after the film. How much that money it made? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Maybe we should do another podcast where we talk about, uh... or not talk about the Blair Witch Project. Yeah, we'll yeah, talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you, Sam. I just great. checked my uh, five yeah, notes. Have we, we covered made. everything? Yeah, I got for I had two notes for each film I wanted to talk about. Hereditary, I had Baggy and Reverse Babadook. Good bit of talking though. Yeah, nice. Good Midsummer, bit. I had Wickerman and Weird Visuals Meat Table. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. No worries, mate.
I'm middle class. I think I should probably have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs>